0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Collins Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately he yes. really got the handoff. You know The <laughs> q Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And it's time for part two the weekend mailbag, so for that we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang Over at jetsinsider.com and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley, so let's jump right back into the mailbag Next question comes in from Michael Christopher, he says, what are your thoughts on Matt Campbell turning down $68 million with the Lions? And why is he worth $30 million more than Salah, who was number one or number two on the market this year in terms of candidates? Do you think Campbell will regret turning that money down? Who do you think the first coach to get fired this year is? So let's start with the first part of that. The reason why he was worth more money than Salah and by significant margin, at least on the market, is because Salah was looking to move up from defensive coordinator To head coach Whereas Matt Campbell Already had a head coaching job That paid him a lot of money And in order to get him You were going to have to Blow him out of the water So it's a supply and demand issue It was the same situation That you would have been Dealing with with Pat Fitzgerald Who's making a lot of money At Northwestern Who's very comfortable there And you basically had to Blow him out of the water Financially in order to get him To consider it Will Campbell ultimately regret Not taking the job Really tough to say From what I understand, Campbell is somebody who isn't as much about money He's comfortable where he is, he loves the Midwest That's where he's from, his family likes it there I think it's more likely that if Jim Harbaugh is fired or moves on from Michigan Then Campbell slides in there, where it's a major college job It's in the Midwest, near where he's from And so that could be more tailored to what he likes as opposed to going to the NFL Although the Lions obviously the Midwest, so that would fit the bill too And obviously, a lot of this ties back to how much do you believe in the Lions? If you're Matt Campbell and you're sitting there saying, yeah, I'll get all this money, but I'll wash out as a Lions head coach because it's a bad situation, and then I devalue the rest of my career, maybe he didn't want to do that. So that really is a matter of comfort. You don't have to consider whether he was right or wrong to take the job just based on money. There are so many other factors that play into this. Whether or not he made the right decision is something that we'll find out over time. And who do I think is the most likely person to get fired this year? I think it's probably Zach Taylor. I just don't think he's done a great job in Cincinnati. I think they gave him extra time because of the quarterback. But if the Bengals get off to a really rough start and Joe Burrow isn't lighting it up to help save Taylor, I think he's a good candidate to be wiped out early Mike McCarthy's another one who could possibly go, especially... If Dak Prescott stays healthy, if he's putting up the kind of numbers that he was putting up before he got hurt last year and the Cowboys are still getting their butts kicked the way that they were even when Dak was putting up record-setting numbers, you could see the Jones family get very annoyed, and understandably so. I still don't think they ever should have hired McCarthy. So those are the two guys that just off the top of my head, I think, would be on the chopping block first.
0: Yeah, putting uh, your money on Mike Brown to be the owner to fire the coach first is, is a bold choice there, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, it's it's simple. Everything you said about the supply and demand aspect of it is true, but it's also uh, this simple. College coaches have far more security. Um, NFL jobs do not have that security, and you're going. the job is being offered by Detroit. That has the like some of the lowest security you can get there. Like they fire coaches all the time, so for that you have to pony up big money. And like you said, Robert Sala wanted the job. He was looking to be an, a head coach at the NFL. Matt Campbell was like telling everybody, "Hey, I'm comfortable here. So if you're comfortable somewhere." you got to pony up there. Someone else has to pony up a lot of more money to get you out there. It, it's really that simple. Um, I I don't think you will regret it. It's This is one of these uh, questions that we will never actually get an answer to because we won't know how it would have gone in Detroit. And things aren't rosy roster wise in Detroit. Ownership management hasn't been great in Detroit. I really do like what they've done with the coaching staff there. But, I mean, it could have gone very bad in Detroit. And we'll never know if it could have gone bad or good. But what I'll say is Matt Campbell is going to have more than enough opportunity to make more than that money in his career. He is still super young. His next contract will probably end up getting him something closer to that, no matter where he ends up going. Uh, but we talked about this all throughout the coaching search. Everyone wanted to bring up his name, and I just kept saying, like, I don't think he's leaving. And I don't typically feel that way with college coaches, and it's not like I'm feeling like, oh, he'll never leave. But right now, and everything that I heard, he just had no interest in going right now, and he's still a young guy. He's going to make plenty of money. I I don't think he will regret it at all. He's going to – continue to do well there and then he will get another opportunity at a bigger college or if he wants to take an NFL job he'll get another crack at it i i believe that so i don't think he has any anything to really concern himself about there uh as far as the first coach to get fired it's tough because uh so many teams fired their coach last year so there's a lot of lot of choices of being removed. I'm going to go with Cliff Kingsbury as my choice. Cliff Kingsbury or Matt Nagy as my choices. Those will be my, my top two choices. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
1: Next question comes in from Dave Epstein. He says... We know the playoffs are unlikely in 2021 for the Jets. Is it reasonable to expect 2022 to be the year? It would be Joe Douglas's third offseason by then. Also, do you have any good South Jersey pizza recommendations? First part of the question. Yes, I do think 2022 is realistic if the Jets have a good draft next year and they make some nice moves in free agency. Obviously, the main thing here is, How does Zach Wilson look? If he does well his rookie year and you're optimistic going into his second season and he makes some nice additions, that should be the year that they target for trying to make it back into the playoffs. I know Brett Coleman said on the show that he thinks that there's a decent chance the Jets will make the playoffs this year. And listen, it's not completely out of the question just because anything can happen. Lightning gets caught in a bottle. You win a couple of games where you're not supposed to. Zach Wilson plays really, really well. And voila, you have yourself a winning record. In fact, I was saying this the other day, but the Jets have actually had a winning record for every new head coach they've had. Every time since Parcells got here. With the exception of Adam Gase, so when Parcells came in here, he was nine and seven his first year. Al Groh, the one year he was here, nine and seven. You had Herm Edwards with a winning record his first year. Eric Mangini, same thing, ten and six his first season. Rex Ryan, nine and seven his first season. Todd Bowles, ten and six his first season. So there's a long tradition of that, and a lot of it comes down to the fact that. What happens is you make upgrades in the offseason, you get the new coaching staff, you have a last place schedule. And so I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's more likely that they win five or six games. We'll know a little bit more once we see training camp in the preseason. But I think 2022 is where you should be focusing your energy in terms of when they might make the playoffs. And as far as South Jersey pizza spots, I don't really have any good ones for you. Chris might be the better one to answer that.
0: All right, so let's see. I, I'll, I'll put this. I'll put it this way. You you know how I feel about the idea of like uh, making the playoffs as a mandate, or even using uh, making the playoffs or not making the playoffs as a barometer of mm-hmm. like a measuring stick of where you are. Uh, when you're talking about a rebuilding team, a young team, like you know, talk about the the Packers talking about the, making the playoffs as a measuring stick. Okay. They're they're solidified team. They've been around. There, this is what they do. Young team hasn't been in playoffs for a while. I don't like using that. Having said all that, I think it's completely realistic for you to expect that in 2022 they should be a playoff team. At at very least, like missing the playoffs on the last week of the season. I I think that is realistic. That you should have that as your expectations if it comes true or not is going to depend on all the stuff you said, Zach Wilson, what they do in the offseason, free agency in the draft, <clears throat> the development of what the players they have here. But realistically, yeah, I think you should have your sights set on the Jets making the playoffs in 2022, that you should expect that to be a likely possibility. It's still going to be tough because again, this division is re- going to be really tough. The Bills are still really good. Uh, the Dolphins are still really good, and the Patriots are still really good. I know that everyone wants to write the Patriots off, but this defense was really good last year, and they're going to be way better this year. Questions about the offense. It's still a division opponent. You have to play twice a year. Bill Belichick twice a year. That Those are going to be six really tough games. This year you get the benefit of playing the last-place schedule, so that helps a little bit this year. Where do you fall, though, going into next year, too? If you finish third, a little bit harder schedule next year. But I do think 2022, it's reasonable for fans to say, all right, this should be the year we are competing and expecting to make the playoffs. And unfortunately, I do not have a good answer for you on this because I I, I would love recommendations from anybody else. I, I know we got some South Jersey people out there. I have tried – I most of my time in South Jersey is spent in LBI. Uh, there's the one little pizza place I go to, Panzone's, but it, it's, it's not great. Uh, uh, so – I would love recommendations. Unfortunately, I do, I have not found a uh, good pizza yet down in uh, South Jersey.
1: Next question comes in from Josh Egert. He says, is Cam Clark a baller and is Chris Nagar legit? The first part of this question, is Cam Clark a baller? I liked his tape in college, but I haven't seen anything from him in the pros, so we'll have to wait and see. You've heard good things. He was obviously raw, and they're hoping that he'll take a step up this year, but remains to be seen. And as far as Chris Nagar, same thing. There's not really much you can see beyond just looking at raw kicking numbers. We know he has a big leg. We'll see what he's made of.
0: Yeah, I... I haven't seen anything from Cam Clark to uh, convince me that he is here, but it's also, he hasn't shown me anything that convinced me that he's not, he hasn't had uh, any opportunity to really show anything yet. So we we'll, training camp or preseason will give us a, a better answer on that. And uh, the same with the uh, same with the kicker. I, we really haven't even seen them kicking much uh, yet so far OTAs. So, need to need to see it, but there there's some hope and promise I could i I feel more confident that the kicker you can rely on. um I'm still you're just gonna you know gingerly dance around his name every time. so I'll just refer to him as the kicker.
1: Next question comes in from Harry Skillman. he says, what would become of George Fant if the jets signed Morgan Moses does Fant have the skill set to move inside to guard? I'd really have to take a deeper look at Fant and see if I think that he could play guard in this scheme. I haven't done that yet. I would assume that either that would happen or they would keep Fant as the swing tackle, especially since Makai Becton had those injuries last year and you can never have enough depth along the offensive line. So that would be my guess. Either they move him to guard and if they don't feel like they can, they'd keep him as the swing tackle.
0: Yeah, that uh, it would be fascinating to see. Like, and this is one of those things I kind of wanted to happen just to see exactly what they would do. Uh, I would, bottom line, if, whether he would work at guard or not, I would still keep him on the roster and pay that money this year. I think it would be more valuable to have him as the swing tackle, possible backup if something happens to Makai Beckton. You need to do everything you can to protect Zach Wilson, and uh fan has value. I, I I don't care if you're paying more than what that value would be as a swing tackle. I, I'm paying that money. Uh yeah, the I I wouldn't even really be hesitating to do that. So my guess is that would probably what would end up being the end result. May they, they'd probably try fan at guard to do something there. But I think the end result would be would be the an extra swing tackle backup, uh, you know, needed there.
1: Next question comes in from Nick Smith. He says, "Do you think the coaching staff is satisfied with the roster where it is? Secondary, offensive line, linebackers, and would be comfortable going into the season as is, or are they playing the waiting game at those positions for cuts and prices to go down?" I think it's a little bit of both. I think they are comfortable going into the season with what they have if they have to, but they probably would prefer it if they could make some additions after the cuts happen. So I would say a little of column A and a little of column B. They probably realize that Rome wasn't built in a day. This is a multi-year process. And as we said before, 2022 is the year that you want to target to make the playoffs. So this was sort of... Building block year A And next year will be building block year B So if they can't get everything they want this year They've kind of come to grips with it mentally That they're going to have to try and paper over Some of the deficiencies But yes, I do think that they would like to make some additions If some good players that they want become available Ronald Blair is an example Somebody that they brought in Who Robert Salas specifically really liked And saw as an upgrade So if more of those types of things happen I think they would be pleased with that
0: Yeah, my my answer was simply going to be yes. I'll put it this way. I think that they knew what an uphill battle they had going into this offseason as far as the roster went. And knowing how barren the roster was when they got here, when Robert Sala got here, I think they are very happy with the progress that they have made and with the knowledge, know that, they were never going to be able to fill all the holes in this one off season. So I think that kind of answers the question there. They're, They're very happy with the progress they've made and they're, they're ready to compete with the roster that they have now, but they know that this roster is nowhere near complete. And this is not what they have in mind as a complete roster. They're nowhere near that. And they know that, it's going to take them time to get there, and they will absolutely look for opportunities to improve it in the short term. But this, they know that there's not going to be one or two moves that's going to be the final move to get them over the hump this year. Um, they're still going to look to add, absolutely. I do think that they're very pleased with the progress they've made so far.
1: Next question comes in from Thomas Arnone. He says... Are all the draft picks signed? I know that a bunch of the lower picks signed during rookie minicamp, but is everyone officially signed? No, everyone is not officially signed. In fact, Zach Wilson, who is the biggest domino to fall, has not signed yet, to the best of my knowledge.
0: Yeah, they're not all signed yet. It it was funny and interesting seeing them, uh, all the deals that got done, like, right away. That That was interesting to see. I was not used to that, but... That they definitely a little ahead of uh, where they've been over the years Uh, I I don't see any reason that uh, to be concerned though That you know anyone won't be signed in the full participant training camp there
1: Next question comes in from Deuce Steiner He says why has no one made the t-shirt all gas no gase Good question that might be one that we have to make it to play like a jet store
0: (laughs) Yeah I mean my answer is I wasn't created enough to think of such a thing um that that that's actually a a very good idea i like it go ahead print them up yeah you shouldn't have told us you should have done it yourself
1: listen deuce if you want to get those shirts made let me know if you have a design in mind maybe we can put something together sounds like fun i like it i definitely think people would be interested in that it'd be a fun shirt to wear to the home opener coming up in september as well that's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at C. nimbly and at Jets Insider and reading his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com. Luke Grant's got an over-under betting guide if you want to get in on the action early and start betting on some of these teams over-under win totals for the 2021 season and speaking of Luke, he's doing some great work on our YouTube channel right now. Film breakdowns of Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson. He's got one of Michael Carter as well, and so much more. Plus, Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest the new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com